Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know, folks, today is Cow Appreciation Day? And when we spoke earlier this morning, my co-host said, wait a minute, didn't we just celebrate that? And I said to her, Oh no, you're just experiencing Deja Moo. She is the Khaleesi of the Quebec, the Quebec area. I'm cracking myself up here. She is Alexa Lava. How you doing there, Alexa? <laughs> oh, we, we have some sound problems here, folks. And I think Super Producer Olivia is getting right on this. I'm so sorry. The ghost in the machine. One of the most profound lessons one of my Ryerson journalism professors ever gave the class was, always remember, machines are out to screw you. So what he was saying, bring three pens to that important interview, bring two tape recorders, uh, because the chances of things going wrong, especially when it's an important time, well, they are, um, they're likely to happen. Kind of a version of Murphy's Law, if you will. So super producer Olivia is going to work on that. And I can tell you, uh, we got a jam-packed schedule today. Um, first and foremost, why don't we address... What's that, Olivia? Yes, I am so sorry. Uh, you can reach the show. This is what my co-host usually does, so I'm going to go by memory. You can also reach us on Rumble Getter. Odyssey. That's just in case you're tuned in on the YouTube platform. As you know, we have some very censorious thugs in Silicon Valley. And if things get too hot to handle, such as, oh, you know, questions about the COVID-19 vaccines, questions about the election being stolen. That would be the 2020 election. That's verbone. If you want to weigh in on the 2016 electoral fraud, allegedly, oh, fill your boots. They don't have a problem with that. You see where I'm going with the uh, double standard and the hypocrisy here? And if you want to, you can send us a live chat if you can donate a minimum of $5, we will read that live chat on the air. So you can interact with myself and um, the Khaleesi of Quebec City, that being Alexa Laval, which we are desperately trying to reestablish a link. In the meantime, uh, well, here's two words that go hand in hand. Justin Trudeau and fiscal responsibility. I think I last heard him talk about fiscal responsibility in 2016, folks. Remember when Omar Khadr, our homegrown al-Qaeda terrorist, uh, he had hurt feelings from being incarcerated at Guantanamo Bay. And uh, the blackface liberals, they decided um, those hurt feelings were, with ten, were worth ten and a half million dollars of your tax dollars. 
And that's what little Omar received, uh, because the explanation was, if we fight this out in court, it's going to be exponentially more expensive. So suddenly the blackface liberals were fiscal conservatives and a terrorist, a murderer, someone who killed a U.S. Uh, serviceman and partially blinded another. Uh, he got a nice little Lotto 649 jackpot. Unbelievable. But now Trudeau is playing the fiscal responsibility card in terms of um, his uh, address to the armed forces. And believe it or not, somehow Blackface weaseled in uh, some little sermon about cl climate change. Check out the video, folks. Well, River was when it hit BC. Climate change is having a real destabilizing and negative impact with more and more frequent extreme weather events at home. And as challenging as it is at home, the impacts around the world where people are in more precarious economic and geographic situations than we are, that's a new reality that has huge implications for security around the world, which is one of the reasons why Canada is stepping up to build the Centre of Excellence for Climate Security in Montreal. That's one of the announcements we're going to be making tomorrow at, uh, at the NATO summit. Because everywhere in the realm, but particularly in areas where there is particularly intersections between geographic and climate realities and conflict, think of the Sahel, uh, think of parts of Southeast Asia. That's going to be a new challenge we all have to deal with. We're also dealing with the hangover of the pandemic that knocked us around as economies, but also knocked us around as individuals. Put a lot of stress on families, on people trying to figure out a way through, add the extra challenges of social media and levels of misinformation and disinformation that, you know, <laughs> Had friends carried off by it? Yeah, I wonder what that misinformation and disinformation would be. Maybe like the uh, Dr. Carolyn Bennett uh, last year tweeting out that she just got her two COVID-19 vaccine injections plus two boosters. Uh, I regret to say I'm now quarantining because I have COVID. Thank goodness all my medications are up to date. Yeah, way to go, Doc. Uh, Khaleesi, do we have you from the greater yeah. Montreal area? I think so. Do you hear me well? <laughs> I hear you right away. Thank you so much. So, um, Olivia, uh, uh, rather, Alexa, I, I think you were online to see that clip. What yeah. was your impression of that speech? Um, somehow he's talking to military men. Uh, we know that for certain because when he's talking to the military or he's talking to blue-collar workers like plumbers or, say, firefighters, he does three things, Blackface does. He gets rid of the tie. Uh, he drops his suit jacket and he rolls up his sleeves, his shirt sleeves. You know, he's like one of you, uh, like he's ready to get his hands dirty, not. But in any event, what did you make of that speech where he's talking to soldiers and somehow um, the prime directive is fighting climate change by the military? Yeah. What the hell's going on? Uh, first of all, he's a really horrible drama teacher. 
so we can see that first of all. Um, of course, like talking about climate change, first of all, it's virtue signaling, like saying like we are doing whatever we can to fight it. To military people who are deploy somewhere else, not not at all like for climate change, like. Um, I don't know what he's talking about, uh, what he's thinking, what he's was doing that. But when he talk about that we are in the hangover of the pandemic, I was like, we are probably like, yeah, we are in the hangover of the pandemic because the SAQ or INCBOR liquor store was like allowed to be open as um, um, essential place to go so yeah a lot of people like probably are in hangover of this pandemic because of you <laughs> exactly yeah uh, and but you know um alexa it is counterintuitive i think to be addressing the military and weaving in climate change because you know let's face it with all those fighter jets flying overhead mm -hmm. with the emissions coming out of the tailpipe of a tank and other mm -hmm. armored vehicles. Um, for goodness sakes, even um, the gunpowder uh, mm -hmm. going off with the gun shooting. Um, yeah. You know what? Yeah, there is a carbon footprint attached to war. So what's the solution in Blackface's world if, if Canada is invaded? Um, hey, you know what? The bigger problem is not um, us losing our independence. Uh, it's the climate crisis or the climate catastrophe or the climate emergency. I don't know what the in vogue term is, Alexa. So why don't we just bend the knee, surrender, and um, we'll abide by, uh, oh, I don't know, the mandarins running communist China. Uh, by the way, I did say 10 years ago that this is the regime I, I most admire for getting things done. But is he suggesting that surrender is an option if it means that going to war is going to be a climate event for Canada? Uh, not, not only that, that takes like carbon footprint, but the conference <laughs> that always take place, like the NATO conference or the... Uh, the the um, climate change conference, health summit conference, all these conferences that took place all around the world, where people are flying with private jet or like other like plane or like they are taking place in the big building with like lots of fancy food and stuff <laughs> like that. This is like high on carbon footprint too. And since then, they are not doing it virtually. They are not doing it like on virtual conference where they should be happening if like the crisis was as high as that. And since then, these conference is still happening. The, the war is still happening. Yep. And all these private jets and like F1 are flying all around. And they don't think that maybe if the crisis was like urgent, maybe. You know what? Uh, 
that's a brilliant point, Alexa. We don't have to wait for some kind of science fiction solution to avoid uh, flying around the world in a private jet. We have that solution. You know, Zoom, Skype, whatever the app is, uh, you and I and everybody else, we can have a conversation with somebody in the Antarctic, uh, for goodness sakes, if we really wanted to. So there is a solution, but he doesn't embrace it. And I'm sorry to be repetitive, but whenever I cover blackface coming to a venue in the greater Toronto area, typically his entourage, the number of vehicles is eight, and they are suburban, supersized suburban, SUVs, fossil fuels, um, eight-cylinder engine. He leaves them idling, whether it's in the winter so they're kept warm for his butt, or in the summer so there's nice air conditioning coming out. And the thing is, Alexa, is that there are uh, EV SUVs, there are plug-in hybrids, there are just regular hybrids, but he won't go that route. It, you no. know, to me, it's amazing because you'd think he would virtue signal that way. Hey, yeah. look at me, for example. I get, I traded in my um, big supersized suburban uh, burning all that fossil fuel, and now we've got a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid or an EV. But he won't do that. Why won't he do that? Because he cannot, like, permit himself to not <laughs> to run out of electricity, wait 45 minutes or maybe more because with eight or even more SUV, it would not find like station with like as much plug as that. So yeah. we would need to wait for all the car to be full and he have no time for doing that. And uh, of course, he need more security when he will stop for like plugging all those cars. So no, it will not do that. This it, is for know, that the, the little people. <laughs> oh no, the hypocrisy. But you know, <clears throat> Alexa, if I'm a soldier, overseas mm -hmm. listening to this sermon on climate change. I'm surprised you didn't get into LGBT diversity issues as well. I mean, that 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 was the speech he gave at the Calgary Stampede, for goodness sakes. I don't know what that has to do with, uh, you know, Pride Month, which ended last month. But then again, uh, I think it's a season now all summer long. Mm -hmm. But you know what it reminds me of? It, it's that Great scene in one of my favorite movies of all time, Aliens from 1986, where the colonial marines go into the alien hive and then Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, she notices there's a nuclear reactor where the hive has been created by these aliens. And if an errant shot hits the reactor, it's going to cause a meltdown. And you have the colonel telling all the grunts to, you know, holster their weapons to not use any uh, firepower against the aliens. And one of the grunts famously says, uh, gee, Sarge, uh, what are we supposed to use? Harsh language? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what I would be thinking if, if I'm a soldier, that I'm here to fight and mm -hmm. to defend my land. And our commander-in-chief is more worried about climate change? You know, Alexa, I'm sorry. I don't care where you are on the political spectrum. This man is incompetent. You just realized that? <laughs> 
Unbelievable. And to add insult to injury, let us not forget, folks, that while our soldiers are out in Latvia serving, they mm -hmm. have to pay out of their own pocket for their kit and their ammo. That is absolutely disgraceful. Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and one so, last thing on this, it, Alexa. It, it does have like enough like money to inject money for uh, LGBTQ uh, refugee statue to welcome them, but we don't have uh, enough money to pay the equipment of the military that are deployed away. Oh, uh, uh, Alexa, forget about digging up enough money for the refugees. This government has enough money for terrorists. Uh, I mentioned off the top, Omar Khadr getting a $10.5 million. This was blackface reinventing himself as a fiscal conservative because to fight this in court, it was going to cost the taxpayer more money. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't have minded my tax dollars going to fighting that little cretin. Uh, instead, they couldn't wait to stuff an eight-figure check into his pocket. And, you know, I, I go back when it comes to the whole climate change argument. Uh, Blackface infamously said years ago, um, the budget will balance itself. I don't know what that means. I don't no. think you know. I don't think anyone. I've asked economists. I get blank looks. So why doesn't they just go on that mantra and say the climate emergency will balance itself? <laughs> I guess it won't. Unbelievable. No. And um, so don't don't forget that the debt under like Justin Trudeau has doubled and probably will triple if he gets reelected. Well. Alexa, are you surprised? Uh, he's like Monty Hall. He's like handing out cash everywhere as though Canada is the set for let's make a deal. Um, what was it? The Haiti police getting a hundred mm -hmm. million. I don't know. I, I've lost track of how many hundreds of millions have gone to Ukraine. Um, but he, it's like talk about Christmas in July. He's like Santa Claus. And yet things you want funded um, they're not getting funded. And, and what is the revenue source for all these, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars now adding up into billions of dollars? Well, it's a succession of carbon taxes making the lives of Canadians exponentially worse because, let's face it, anything you buy, if you go to a supermarket, if you go to a drugstore, that merchandise got there on the back of a truck. And that's not fairy dust. That's not dilithium crystals these trucks are driving on. That's fossil fuels. And that means they're paying higher taxes. And that means the merchants are passing on the, 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 the increase. I was at the supermarket on Sunday, Alexa. You know, I was looking at a basket. I said, you know what? I think that's about 80 or 90 bucks. $161. Man, would I be a failure on the prices, right? The prices are unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, again, for his little uh, Piccadillo projects, he's got billions of dollars. Meanwhile, he makes lives so much more miserable for the rest of us. And it's, it's me, I'm always like thinking in the way that a big family who have like many children going to the grocery and sometimes I'm going by myself for just like a couple of days of grocery. If you have a, any meat 
or cheese or berry on your basket, this, the price of your, I went out with one bag and the bag cost me more than $100. I was like, what is in that bag? Gold? Oh, and Alexa, in addition to the inflation, have you noticed this trend? I, 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 I just came up with the word shrinkage. No, not the George Costanza shrinkage uh, that happens to um, men with cold water, if you get my drift. Um, I'm talking about, didn't this 750-gram block of cheese, I mean, didn't it used to be 750 grams? Because now it's mm -hmm. 700 grams or 650 yeah. grams. Have yeah. you noticed the, it, like, oh, the, yeah. the portions are, sh are shrinking as we're paying more? So it's a tactic for, they call it like a hiding inflation. So what they do is like they sell, the, it seems to be sell the same produce, but they reduce the quantity on it. And the customer doesn't really see it. They think that they, they are paying the same amount, a little bit higher. So the customer say they don't see the inflation as much as it is because a part of it is hidden from yeah. the public because it's just the quantity is, that is shrinking. And, and Alexa, um, here's the other salvo that's making life so much miserable for so many Canadians. Bank of Canada set to hike yeah. rates amid inflation slog. Um, again, it's going to increase interest rates for a second consecutive meeting. Uh, bringing borrowing costs to a level not seen in 22 years. I know a fellow who has a house that he just got yep. last year. Uh, unfortunately, it's got a variable rate mortgage. He's going to suffer. And the other thing, Alexa, for all those people who wisely chose a fixed, um, you know, a locked-in yep. fixed-rate mortgage, mm -hmm. when those mortgages become due for renewal, Next year, the year after that, the year after that, you talk about sticker shock because suddenly whatever you were paying as a monthly payment that you got used to, uh, it's going to noticeably increase. I can see some people basically forfeiting their houses because they just can't afford the mortgage yeah. payments. Why isn't blackface talking about this instead about carbon emissions to soldiers overseas. I mean, talk about, um, you know, missing the, the forest for the trees. The, the, the thing is like, of course they have like people who took like fixed mortgage, but they have people who, who took like on fixed mortgage who will see the consequence like arrive like earlier than the, the one who had like a fixed mortgage. But the thing is like, we will see more and more houses on the market. People will not be able to afford any house anymore. And probably a lot of house will be by by rich people for like rented it for a long term because who would be able to to afford a house with the interest as high as that? Nobody would be. Nobody. A hundred percent. And you know we got a break for an ad, but I, I'm going to make a plea to our audience. If there are those of you who still support Justin Trudeau and this Liberal Party, please tell me why. Um, <laughs> it, it, explain to me what his greatest achievement has been in eight years. Please don't say the legalization of marijuana. I mean, that's, you know, that's so five years ago. But, you know, Alexa, uh, 
there is still suggestions that whenever the next federal uh, election is going to be called, it's not a slam dunk for the Pierre Polyev conservatives. It's going to be probably another horse race, probably going to be the emergence of another minority government. I don't know if it's going to be red or blue, but I am absolutely baffled that there is still, you know, a critical mass of support for yeah, these men and this odious government. Do you get it? Well, well, that's too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I oh, think well. I think the, the support that he got is just either people who are not politically involved with those and watch the news and they just like they see their life not being really affected. Yep. So they are just like, well, if my life is okay, why not like voting again for him? And probably a lot of people in elderly facility, since they are not impacted by politics, they are just like there living their life. And, you know, most of the time the, the, the food and everything is included in the price where uh, of their rent. So for them, they just see like a cute little like the drama teacher who tried to do his best and all cute it is and nice. So sometimes, like, you know, the vote comes like that. Well, and on the money angle, Alexa, um, we know one demographic for sure that won't be voting conservative, I suspect. That would be members of the mainstream media who are being propped up by hundreds of millions of dollars of federal money for the CBC mm -hmm. alone, uh, more than $1.2, $1.3 billion, twas ever thus. So you think any of those folks are going to jab a finger into the eye of their sugar daddy? Uh, no, they'll go on to carry out their lives as propaganda prostitutes mm -hmm. and make sure they get a steady paycheck because they know Pierre Polyev has promised over and over he is going to defund the media, defund yep. the CBC. So there's one block of voters that is definitely in the bed with uh, Team Trudeau. You know what? We got to take an ad, folks. We'll see you on the other side. No matter what. God will bring us through, and I said, we will not bow down to your gods. For tickets, showtime details, and to see the trailer, please go to savethechristians.com. Spike protein in a post-pandemic world is something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REBEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science. And for a limited time, your first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health, coupon code REBEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. 
Well, you know what? I got to tell you, Alexa, we had uh, an event last night at the uh, Eglinton Grand. Uh, Pastor Hildebrandt was there. It was completely sold out, standing room only. Uh, what a great bunch of folks. What a fantastic documentary. Uh, believe me, folks, this tour is selling out for Church Under Fire. If you haven't got your tickets and you're planning to attend, um, get online and get those tickets as soon as you can. I'm uh, I'm not fear-mongering here. It is selling out. And when the tickets are gone, they're gone. And tonight is in Ottawa, Correct. where I will be. Are there any seats remaining for that performance, uh, Alexa? I think there is. Uh, it's okay. not. Um, it's not showing like sold out on the website. So I invite everybody who wants to to meet me. Or uh, I will be with uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, Ezra Levin, and we have Kian Simoni, uh, Guillaume Roy, and uh, other people. So if you want to meet us, see that great documentary tonight. Please purchase your ticket and come to see us tonight. Folks, you get to meet Alexa Lavaux. That's <laughs> worth the price of admission itself, okay? Everything else is a bonus. It's an extra. Yeah, so uh, if you are going tonight in the Ottawa uh, showing, uh, you're going to get a fantastic evening. It's a great documentary. And, you know, Alexa, we were t talking um, off camera earlier this morning. I, I think you went for a jog. Uh, on Sunday, I got my ricotta cheese candy ass on a bike saddle and did 54K in the blazing wow. sun. Um, Alexa, does that mean you and I are white supremacists? Because according yeah. to a new book, it looks like the or or origins of exercise in America go back to the white supremacist. Like, what in the world is this? I was so shocked to see that because <laughs> they, they, were, they were saying that people who train at home are far-right extremists, white supremacists, and the people who train in a gym, this is completely different. So what the hell is going on there? So if you want to take care of your body, being healthy and, you know, like being like always like in good shape, now you are a symbol of like white supremacists. What is that, Judy? Who write that, by the way? It, it, it is preposterous. And I mean, you think of some of the, you know, spokespeople for getting fit, uh, like Richard Simmons. Oh, boy, there's a hardcore Nazi there for you sweating to the oldies. Give me a break. But, you know, here's where we can blow up the argument easily, Alexa. Look at professional sports where mm -hmm. you have to be in the elite category in terms of physical fitness. Otherwise, you don't have a job. And if you look at the sports of, say, baseball, um, basketball, uh, football, the NFL, you will see a disproportionate number of visible minorities as opposed to what that percentage is as a percentage of the population of the United States. So... What I'm saying is that if exercising and getting fit and becoming an elite athlete is a white supremacist concept, how are all these visible minorities becoming multimillionaires, getting employed by Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and the National Football League? I mean, 
Where's the logic? And by the way, with the increase of the rate of membership for gym, I'm sorry, but I understand that a lot of people want to train at home now. They want to invest on equipment and train at home instead of like spending like $200 a month in a, to a gym. Like this is comprehensible, you know? It, and you know what? That's a very good point because I believe the author makes a, um, a connection to home gyms uh, being really a hotbed of white supremacy. But what is the difference between working out in your basement or going to a gym and working out? And I mean, like the whole thing is preposterous. The idea that an actual book could be written about this, <laughs> Alexa, is mind-boggling. I, I, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to support uh, drivel like this, but I'd like to get my hands on one. Maybe I can borrow it in the library uh, so I don't feed this idiot uh, a royalty. But I want to see what the connection is here because um, I think exercise is a good thing. I mentioned I was on my bike on the weekend. Hey, Alexa, as you know, the re the reason why I am merely fat as opposed to circus fat oh. is by bike riding, right? I don't do that. Uh, I'm probably shaving years off my life. And that's another thing. We talked about this, Sheila and I, yesterday, how um, there seems to be this movement that even if you're clinically obese— that is beautiful, right? Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't be fat shamed when we all know, ask any doctor, folks, if you are obese, you are not might be, you are ending mm -hmm. your life prematurely. You're going to get yep. diabetes. You're going to get cardiovascular issues. You're going to get a heart attack, stroke. And, you know, the glorification of this right now, Alexa, there's a whole genre of fat people TV, the thousand pound sisters, you know, my 600 pound life, uh, supersized, all about enormous people, it, almost in a, a sense of, uh, there's a bit of glorification, but I think if you had a loved one, you know what you would do if they were a beast? You would fat shame them. You would say, you know what? Because I love you, I want you to eat properly and get some exercise. And why wouldn't you do that? And like, I remember when I was younger, I was like, I would say I, w I was kind of fat. And and I realized that I was not capable like to run or be be able to catch up with friends. And after, after a while, I, I just decided to take care of me and take care of uh, my body. And I would say that this was a turning point into my life. And I think every sh single person should take care of their body because... This is like your vehicle for all of your life. Yeah. And this vehicle will not get better. They will just get worse. And if you don't take care of it, your vehicle will just shut down at one point of your life. And, and, and Alexa, I want to make one important point here. When I say, you know, if you're obese, you should be losing weight, getting healthy, getting fit. I am not advocating, for example, for a woman to try to get the physique of a supermodel, which mm -hmm. I can tell you is not attractive. I know that's the media and marketing 
you know, utopia of what a woman should look like, but I completely reject that. I look at these supermodels, they look like they have the physiques of 15-year-old boys. They don't have natural feminine curves. So I'm not saying to go the extreme the other way. I mean, every time I see a supermodel, I, I feel like shoving a jelly donut down their throat to put some pounds on them. But there is a balance. There is a range in terms of fitness. And yet this idea of it's verboten to body shame someone that's 350, 450, 600 pounds? Mm -hmm. Come on, that's outrageous. But anyway, if you go to see your doctor, they will say like your LT weight is between this and this. Yes. So you just should like respect that. And by the way, supermodel who actually do like, you know, like the walking like with clothes, why they are so skinny as that? It's because the person who create the clothes doesn't want any form. They just want to show the clothes and not like what it look like in the body. It's like a showing defile of clothing. That's it. <laughs> You are 100% right. And I can tell you, I used to write a column for Marketing Magazine back in the day, Alexa, and I wrote about this, the whole, you know, um, industry of what feminine beauty should be. And, and you're right. Um, basically, these models, they're like human coat hangers, you know, yeah. to drape the, uh, the, uh, the the dress or the skirt or what have you. I would also argue this, and it's a, it, it, it was a very controversial point, but I think I'm right. If you look at the fashion industry, there is a disproportionate number of homosexual men that are in mm -hmm. that business. And I would argue that what does a homosexual man know about feminine beauty compared to a heterosexual one? Because I can tell you, uh, all the men in my circle, in my life, they love natural, curvy women, not little skinny, mini uh, coat hangers. And I think that's partly what's driving it too, uh, the disproportionate number of gay men in the fashion industry. Of course, you can't say that because you're going to be a homophobe and a bigot <laughs> and a hater, yeah. but it's true. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That is the truth of the matter. And uh, But I guess because you and I are, um, we embrace exercise, uh, Alexa, what do we know? We're just a couple of white supremacists, <laughs> <laughs> According to this crazy boy, we we'll do we we'll do some call about it. Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> um, going from that to another bizarre story. Did you see Alexa? Um, I, I was talking about naturally curvy woman. Now I got to just talk about natural biological woman. Because guess what? A whole whack of them <laughs> lost out uh, to uh, in the Miss Universe uh, competition. Oh yeah, I saw that. A, a trans woman. Um, she is Miss Netherlands, I believe. Oh no, it, it it's the leading up to Miss Universe. I uh, beg your pardon, folks. So you had all these gorgeous real women from the Netherlands um, somehow this she-male gets the crown. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to cut to the uh, chase here because uh, my BS detector, and by the way, I don't find that physique uh, pleasant to look at at all. Um, I'm going to cut to the chase, Alexa. This is, to me, 
a publicity stunt because I think beauty pageants, I mean, my God, what decade are we in? The 60s, the 70s? Are they even relevant anymore? And yet here we are. Here is the world talking about this, not because a beautiful biological woman in the Netherlands won the Miss Netherlands title, but because a fake woman won it. This is just to get eyeballs on this competition that other otherwise wouldn't exist. What say you? Well, my, my vision of this is like, what is the message that all this send to the whole world? First of all, like the trans person win a pageant, like a miss like content. Um, first of all, for arriving at this looking, she had like multiple surgery. So she's not of natural, of yep. course. So that sent first of all to little girl, but you should like do probably a lot of surgery to get to a good physique and look good. And secondly, what is the place of the woman in this? Like now we just say to the woman, um, sorry, um, you are a biological woman, but now we are preferring like uh, bi biological men who dress like a woman now. Oh, 100%, Alexa. And not only what is the message you're sending to little girls, what is the message you're sending the little boys that, oh, golly, even though um, I was born without breasts and a penis, I can, I don't know, take puberty blockers, get surgery and become uh, Miss Netherlands, um, you know, Miss America, Miss Canada, uh, Miss Universe. Oh, uh, golly, that sounds like a plan. Not realizing the repercussions uh, later in life. I really believe, Alexa, if we were to give the judges a truth serum and say, give me your choice as the most beautiful woman in that pageant, I don't think it's this dude. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. I think as they say in Vegas, the fix is in. And from the get-go, they were told, get the man crowned because this is how we're going to have a viral news story because otherwise no one is talking about this event, Alexa, especially here in 2023 when, uh, let me ask you, do you tune into beauty pageants? Me? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. I mean, I know, you could, I know you could win one, Alexa. That goes without oh, saying. You're so but nice. I mean, it's there's. I think they're just so irrelevant in this day and age, either for women or men, that this is a desperate attempt uh, to generate publicity. Period. Oh, and to normalize also, because when you look at that. Um, I'm wondering because probably she was the only trans in like that group. And probably, I don't know if he had like pressure to say like, but if you don't choose like the trans person, the, the, the pageant, it would be like transphobic or, you know, you know what I mean? Like right now it's just like, do they have like a pressure to choose her instead of a biological woman? This is like a good question to ask ourselves. It is indeed. And um, I just, you know, here at the end of the day, what I wonder is 
the audience that is still loyal to beauty pageants, whether you're male or female, mm -hmm. and you love the swimsuit competition and the evening gown and then asking some question about world peace, what their solution is. <laughs> I just wonder, Alexa, when you go down the radical trans route, are these people, are the fans of beauty pageants applauding and loving the diversity, equity and inclusion or are they getting turned off and going, that's not a woman. That's not a beautiful woman. That shouldn't be Miss Netherlands. That's it. I'm done. I can't stand the wokeism. I tuned in for a beauty pageant. And what did I see? I saw some lecture on radical transgenderism. No, thanks. I'm turning the TV off. I Who knows? I would guess, if I had to guess, that if you're a beauty pageant fan, viewer, this is turning you off, not on. Mm -hmm. But I would say, uh, for all respect, I have no problem if someone like, suffer from um, gender dysphoria and at the age of 18 and more decide to transition and did like the complete, like, you know, step for doing so and being better in their life. But when it's come to sports or other like challenge and other like like this pageant, mm. women should not be mixed with trends. Women have their place in the society. They fight for it. They wanted to be with the sport. They wanted to be like and have the right to do what the men's do. Let them the place that they fight for. A hundred percent, Alexa. Of course, what you just said not only makes you a white supremacist, but a transphobe <laughs> as well, you must know. But and there is a solution. Um, I was reading in the paper today um, something called the Belgian Waffle Ride. There's a female cycling competition. Guess who cleaned the floor with all the female cyclists? Yeah, that would be a dude identifying as a female. And, of course, he's got more muscle mass, more cardiovascular capability, mm -hmm. more testosterone. What do you expect? So they are changing the rules for next year, Alexa. Biological males in one division, biological females in the no. other division, and a third division, which will be open. Hey, if you identify as a cat, no problem. You are in the <laughs> open category. Uh, and you know what, Alexa, just to see the inherent freak show that would result, I'd tune into that race. Forget about the male and female uh, races. I'd love to see uh, some of the weirdos that show up in the open category bike race. But that is keeping female sports safe for females. That is not canceling females. I think this is the template for all sports moving forward. I would love to see someone who identifies as a cat trying to cycle <laughs> like all around. I never saw a cat doing this so, so um, I'm pretty interested. If you tune in, I think I would go too. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard a rumor there's a member of the Toronto Police Service who identifies as a cat. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've reached out to my cop friends. Please tell me what division this guy's at, but shows up with like little pointed ears and he paints. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, if I saw that cop showing up at my house, I'm calling the cops on the cop. <laughs> 
there's some weirdo deluxe on my porch. Get over here and, you know, bring a net. Um, you know what, Alexa, uh, before we get to any Super Chats, I think we have to take another ad break. So let we'll see you folks on the other side. Thank you. In a world plagued by conformity, where truth is distorted, freedom is a distant memory, and Big Brother is always watching. One man, Winston Smith, looks to break through his bleak existence. Introducing the all-new Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of George Orwell's iconic book, 1984. Now, more than ever, in the age of lockdowns, 15-minute cities, and World Economic Forum globalism, everyone must read 1984. Uncover the hidden depths of this literary classic with our exclusive illustrated edition that brings Orwell's haunting vision to life, reborn with a foreword by Ezra Levant and 30 captivating new illustrations by artist Paul Revoge. You see that Orwell is not only explaining what might come, but in my opinion, what's already here, even back when he wrote it in 1949 but much more so as we see revealed today, particularly with the last three years. Join the rebellion against conformity. Get your hands on the Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of 1984, now available at buy1984.com. Did you get your copy wow. yet, Alexa, of uh, our illustrated 1984? No, but I'm waiting for it. Ah, okay. Well, you know what? You are going to be pleasantly surprised. Uh, people say, well, you know, 1984, it's never been out of publication since it was printed back in 1949. True. I think this is the best version ever, Alexa, not just because mm -hmm. we're publishing it. If it was another publisher, I would say the same thing. The font is easy to read. And uh, it has a foreword by our big boss man, Ezra Levent. And those illustrations by Paul Ravoche, I mean, look at that cover. It, they're almost photorealistic. Uh, mm -hmm. He is such a fantastic Toronto-based artist, and he knocked it out of the park. 30 illustrations that are all drop-dead gorgeous. You know, i got to tell you something about Paul Ravoche. Um, you know, I, I can't draw, I can't paint, but... You know, when the family goes to like a roadhouse restaurant, you know, they have those uh, pieces of paper there with crayons and I'll I'll get the crayon out. And I've trained myself to pencil a, um, a Starship Enterprise. And just by force of habit, I can do a quite good one. And, you know, the whole family goes, wow, that's really amazing. That's nice. I was looking at Paul Ravosh's portfolio and he has illustrations of Starfleet um, vessels. And I felt like dying. I know nothing about his, his artwork. It's kind of like you're the best player at the beer league, uh, hockey. And then one day Wayne Gretzky drops by and says, Hey guys, can I play? And it's just like, you leave the ice going. I don't know anything about hockey, right? He is, he is that brilliant. Um, uh, so folks, uh, please get it. And, um, you know, I think I might have said this before at the insistence of Ezra uh, back in 2021, because he, he saw where things were coming. This was a full year before the trucker convoy, where 1984 really kicked in, I think, in Canada, Alexa. Uh, even if you've read 1984, reread it. I did. Uh, when I read it originally, I was in high school, 1979, uh, five years, a full five years before the actual calendar date of 1984. And it was pure science fiction. I mean, the idea that a Western democracy could become 
uh, a totalitarian empire where your rights are stripped for, from you. And gee, doesn't it kind of sound like I've been talking about the last three years right here in Canada, eh, Alexa? Uh, I, w I would say that I didn't read 1984. Oh, you were in for a treat. Yeah, sorry. It's just like, um, it was pretty hard, especially in Quebec, like uh, for having a French book or finding like the French version. Uh, since I uh, probably a lot of are aware that I learned to speak English like pretty late in my life. So for me, um, it never came to into my hand. And especially when I was traveling, I had no time really to to read anything. So I was just always on the go. And I really um, wanted to read it uh, when the pandemic did hit. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't find like the good version for me because there is a lot of different version of 1984. Mm. Well, we are true to the original text. Not a single semicolon has been changed. And Alexa, you were in for a treat. I mean that in a bittersweet way. It It is at the end of the day without giving away any spoiler alerts. It's a soul-destroying novel. But more importantly, especially with what we've lived through, it is a cautionary tale. I think... Uh, Orwell's only sin was being off by a few decades in terms of the title of the book, uh, because I'm telling you, um, you know, one of the more popular shirts I've seen in recent years here in Canada was uh, 1984 was a novel, not an instruction manual, because it sure as hell felt like we were living in an Orwellian nightmare uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic and what happened to the Freedom Convoy. So there you go. Um, we should, as we get near the finish line, Alexa, um, do we have any uh, chats today? We don't. Okay, so very quickly, oh. let's end on Olivia Chow speaks out about violence in Toronto. Mayor-elect Olivia Chow says she, quote, can't imagine, end quote, the grief and shock being felt by some members of the community following a spate of violent incidents in Toronto, including the one that recently left a mother of two dead and that stopping the violence will be one of her top priorities as mayor. Really, Olivia? Um, I don't care if you can't imagine it. What, here's what you should have said. These safe injection sites are going to be shut down. What the story is, folks, this 44-year-old beautiful mother of two was basically shot dead, murdered by a stray bullet, it emanated from the so-called safe injection site. The speculation was it wasn't addicts uh, that had guns, but it was drug dealers. Because here's the deal. As a drug dealer, you can go to these sites, pick up your merchandise, and then resell it on the street. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you love to have a business like that, Alexa? Your wholesale cost of your goods is completely free. The state provides it, and then you sell it for a profit. I mean, that's a can't-miss business proposition. And as always, when you're dealing with these animals, uh, there is gun violence that erupts due to a turf war. And this woman was shot. I don't care if you're of the progressive left and you think these are good, humane places. Alexa, the fact of the matter is there is a public school 
merely 150 meters away. As well, there's a daycare center. Do you know if this was a cannabis shop, okay, a licensed legal cannabis shop, you wouldn't be allowed to locate on this piece of Queen Street because you're too close to a school. You have to be, I believe, 600 mm -hmm. meters away. And yet, for this facility in which, I'm sorry, the most unsavory characters are drawn to and the criminal element. And here is the cherry on this sordid Sunday, folks. The police are ordered by their superiors, stay away. Don't stigmatize these folks going to the safe injection site. They've already been through enough trauma. Alexa, to me, this literally sounds like the inmates are running the asylum. But unfortunately, the example of the mother would just like die. It's another like consequences of the Trudeau decision yep. to open this facility. But unfortunately, this facility will bring together some people who are addicts, who when they are injecting themselves, doesn't think properly, they can paranoia, they can do crazy action, and there is, first of all, probably no police, no security to really deal with them and make sure there is a safe space for other people who pass by, including children and mothers. A hundred percent, Alexa, but here is the bitter epilogue in the aftermath of this lady being uh, murdered. And that is the word. She was murdered. murdered. And it's this. The local councillor is Paula Fletcher. She's been on council, I think, for almost 30 years, if you can imagine, folks. Talk about an argument for term limits. Do you know what is on her resume? She used to be the president of the Communist Party of Manitoba. Oh. How do you have that on your uh, CV and you still get elected in a democracy? Uh, the member of provincial parliament for that area, that's Peter Tobbins, uh, NDP. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, the person responsible for this file and who sees no downside to these safe injection sites, guess what? Um, medical doctor Carolyn Bennett. Yes, she is the minister responsible. Same minister who back some 20 years ago, folks, voted against giving compensation to those innocent Canadians who contracted hepatitis C through Canada's tainted blood supply. Yeah, where was your compassion there, Dr. Bennett? You know, what I'm saying, Alexa, is all of these politicians are washing their hands of it. They're saying, ah, it's, you know, it's an opioid crisis. What are you going to do? Uh, safe injection sites are uh, helping to solve the problem. No, it's making things immeasurably worse. Just speak to the family of this woman, including her children who don't have a mother anymore. Instead of like giving free like supply and open up like those facility, why did they like spend the money to other facility where the, the drug addict can go, get sober, get treated, get have to see someone like that can help them with mental issue if they have yeah. some. And that would be like better for like Canadian than these facility where we actually pay with our taxes and that provoke this kind of like 
insanity. 100%. Uh, what you're advocating for, Alexa, is the Alberta model where police go and they see these um, addicts uh, drug addicted to the hardest, worst drugs for them. And they say, look, it's one way or the other. Uh, I can arrest you and you're going to go to jail or you can get into this voluntary treatment to get you off drugs, not to carry out this dangerous addiction. You're put in a dormitory setting. You relearn life, Alexa, you know, how to shop, how to cook, how to clean, right? Which a lot of these people need. And they are showing great results. What is the um, alternative? Well, um, go to certain parts of downtown Vancouver. That's the alternative. Pits of hell, you know, full of people that are harming themselves, one another, and mm -hmm. innocent bystanders. I hope Olivia Chow proves me wrong. I know she's a fan of safe injection sites, but I think once she's sworn in, you're going to see more and more of these facilities in Toronto. Toronto is going to become less like Albertan cities uh, that have the dormitory model, and it's going to get a lot like downtown Vancouver. And seriously, if those politicians really care about their citizens, they will help them to get off of the drug instead of helping them to end their life. Because it, it is what it is. Like going to those facilities with like free supply will help them to end their life quickly and earlier. Well, um, Alexa, on that note, we do live in a, a nation now where we have medically assisted uh, yeah. suicide. Um, so maybe that's the unspoken strategy after all. Uh, we can't get these people to voluntarily um, toss off their mortal coil. Why don't we just uh, slowly boil them, if you will, until it's an eventual death sentence vis-a-vis uh, -vis an overdose? Either way, I don't see the compassion. I don't see the caring. I don't see the love. It's the precise opposite, my friend. Oh, yes, you are completely right. Right. Well, we are uh, five minutes past the hour. I want to thank Ooh. everybody uh, for uh, tuning in. Much appreciated. And, of course, our um, super producer, Olivia, flying solo today, doing a great job as usual. And, of course, the Khaleesi of Quebec herself, filling in for what is normally a Tamara Tuesday. Um, but, uh, you know, things happen in life, and uh, Alexa was able to uh, rise to the occasion Yet again, I shall be here tomorrow. I think, is it with you again, Alexa? No, we are seeing each other on Thursday, I think. Oh, okay. That, that's right. I jumped ahead to Thursday. It's only Tuesday. Um, yeah. Boy, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. You just, you just gained one more day. <laughs> well, folks, it'll be a mystery guess. Uh, so please tune in tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern. As always, stay safe and... Stay sane. Stay sane. <laughs> Trey Humphrey here.